What's going on, everybody? Welcome to tonight's edition of AEW Dynamites, the Broken Tables podcast review. Uh, we had the St. Patrick's Day Slam tonight. Uh, absolutely amazing show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here with my co-host, Rome. How you doing tonight, man? What's going on, man? Oh, man, this was one of my favorite episodes of Dynamite for uh, a while. Um, how about you? Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, I thought it was a really good show. I don't think it's topped some of the... I mean, it's been consistently fantastic Dynamites last, like, two months. So, I mean, this wasn't a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. I thought it was a really good show. I wouldn't say it was any better than the last month that we've gotten, you know? No, yeah, I agree, actually. I, I definitely agree. Just, you know, one of one of the good shows amongst the many. Uh, yeah, especially in comparison to what we uh, tried to watch on Monday. Dear Lord, I can't believe they suckered us into that. I mean, I didn't watch the whole show. I was just trying to be prepared in case we had to do an emergency podcast. Um, it's kind of funny because, I, you know, I, I needed to take an hour break halfway through a three-hour show. So that wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> good. Oh, man. Um, we are on to more important matters, which is uh, AEW Dynamite tonight with St. Patrick's Day Slam. Yes. Yes, very, very, very good episode in my opinion. Um, let me flip back in my notes here. So I know we started out with uh, Adam Cole. Um, I was actually expecting the show to start out with Jeff Hardy's music. Um, I'm wondering if they missed an opportunity here because you know how the Big Bang Theory has like 2 million viewers. Um, I kind of feel like they missed an opportunity to the moment that show was over to cue his music. You know what I mean? I, I, I truly believe they would have uh, caught quite a few ears with his music starting there. But, you know, nonetheless, we started with the Adam Cole, uh, Red Dragon and uh, Jurassic Express with Hangman match. Um, I thought this match yeah. was awesome, man. What about you? I thought it was awesome. Just to comment on your first point. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that also Tony Khan is very, um, very keen on the idea of making the young stars stars in the in the casuals eye. Yeah. Um, very smart on his part. I think it's that kind of decision kind of goes both ways. I think, yeah, you could definitely have started tonight with the Hardy Boys music. But I mean, they wanted to showcase Adam Cole, Adam Page, Red Dragon and, you know, the tag team champs, uh, Jurassic Express. So I think it made sense either way but I see your point. But yeah, I thought, I thought this was a really great match. Really love the triple moonsault spot. Oh my God. That was amazing. Um, and this was a kind of a funny little Testament. So, you know, my wife doesn't really watch very often. Um, but we were, we had dinner a little late tonight. We ordered some pizza. So we were sitting there and she was watching it with me and she was like, Oh my God. And this is just the first match of the night. <laughs> yeah. A direct quote from her. Uh, I thought it was, thought it was very telling so i decided to include it um wanted to bring it up but yeah no i thought it was a thought it was a great match that showcased a lot um a lot of everybody you know thought it was a really fun match the end adam cole and red dragon pick up the win yeah at one point after one of the hot tags to luchasaurus i just wrote in giant capital letters i wrote luchasaurus is awesome <laughs> i just love that dude <clears throat> and when I hear people use him as like a way to bash AEW, they're like, there's a dinosaur. And I'm just like, you completely missed the whole, the whole point. Like, I'm like, it's, it's great. I love that guy. 
we obviously, you know, have different tastes if <laughs> if you're not into the Luchasaurus. <laughs> I mean, pro wrestling's supposed to be fun, you know? And mm-hmm. you, you get you get serious, but you can also get a little fun with it. I mean, look, I love the guy too, but I'll never take a Fed fan's criticism of AEW's goofiness seriously. I mean, their top guy for 40 years was a, was a dead man, pallbearing, gravekeeping, like dead and then not dead and then a biker for some reason. And then like, come on, stop it. <laughs> Just yeah, stop. You know. I don't want to hear it. It's all great. Undertaker's fantastic. That's not a knock at Undertaker, but it's a knock at Fed fans who think that they're going to criticize Luchasaurus. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I watched some of their show on Monday night, and let me tell you, wasn't yep. good. Not not very. So um, uh, another spot yeah. in this was the double doomsday device uh, by Jungle Boy. That was freaking nuts, man. I've never seen both of those, the triple moonsault and the double doomsday device. I've never seen either of those done before. Um, I was very, very surprised to see Jungle Boy take the pin here. What about you? Um, no, I thought it made sense. I mean... Adam Cole and Jungle Boy have had a feud going. So I, I think it, yeah, no, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it mattered one way or the other, whether Adam, um, whether Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus took the pin. I thought, yeah. I thought it now, made sense. Now, before the match, Alex Reynolds uh, from the Dark Order posted, uh, Hangman and Jurassic Express have a match tonight, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> So now that they lost because of Jurassic Express, I wonder if that's going to be a continuing of the storyline, you know? Yeah, so actually I I was thinking what we're going to see in the future, probably soon, maybe even next week, we're probably going to see something like um, Adam. It'll be Adam Page and FTR versus Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to see next, and I think you're going to see – hmm. I don't know who would win that one because I think the story makes sense to go either way, but that's just some uh, fantasy booking that I think is going to be happening soon. Yeah. Now I've been meaning to ask you this: uh, the Owen Hart Cup. Do you know is this a tag team event or is it going to be no, a singles? It's a singles men and a singles women's. Ah, okay. I was like, man, this would be a good opportunity for them to do the Owen Hart Cup tag team and have Bret Hart come in for FTR and just manage them straight to the finals you know yeah we'll see what happens yeah. um Ooh, maybe they right, add a th- next segment maybe they add the tag next team. segment we had a uh really good little keith lee promo um you know they set up for a rampage match with keith lee and max caster we get starks and hobbs they come out uh you know onto the promo and we get some more good back and forth and like there's there's some real good chemistry between these three guys i'm looking forward to this feud yeah, um, it, which which one did you say came out here? This was the Keith Lee promo. The Keith Lee promo, right? Um, yeah. Um, I love Keith Lee's promos. Like I said, I love the way he talks like a king. Um, I love everything about that dude. I just can't wait to see him in the ring every time he's in there. Right, right, yeah. So we'll get we'll get into Rampage later on, but the, yep, this sets up uh Friday. Okay, okay. And then I believe right after this we got. Uh, Chris Statlander wiping off her makeup and taking out her contacts. So there had been some rumblings from the, I believe it was the observer um, that 
Tony Khan kind of wanted to move away from the alien gimmick, which I think that's kind of a shame. I really liked that gimmick. I thought it was a fun gimmick. I thought it was a good look for Chris Statlander. Yeah. Um, I think being unique is always important. I think, you know, setting yourself apart from everyone matters. Um, not really. I'm a huge fan of Chris Statlander. I don't know if I like them scrapping this gimmick. I won't knock it till I see what happens. I mean, you know, let it play out. Yeah. But I mean, now, we'll see what happens. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it either. I've liked her since the moment that I saw her. Um, I'm not sure how long she's been there, but I feel like she's one of the originals, to be honest. You know what I mean? Um, I've watched she her for a long so time. So she wasn't in her. She wasn't an original, but she was like a first run of new people that came in. She was with them. She came yeah. in when Nyla Rose was champion. Okay. And she feuded with Nyla Rose. She was like yeah. one of Nyla's biggest opponents before she beat, uh, took the title off of her. Yeah, like but, her and Kylan yeah. King, I think. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, we'll see how this goes. It was a really short segment, but it kind of was just like, yeah, she's ditching the gimmick. And yeah. we'll see what they come up with. Hopefully, hopefully she's not just another women's wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Just don't turn her into Becky Lynch and I'm good. <laughs> oh. That character is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. So next up, we had Danielson and Mox with uh, Regal on commentary uh, versus the best friends. Um, we had Wheeler, Utah, and Chucky e. T, right? Yep, Chuck Taylor. Now, I noticed right away Statlander did not come out with them. I also noticed that. I, I don't know if that was because of the previous thing, or maybe they were just they had a lot of people out at ringside. Yeah. Because um, Best Friends is starting to get a little bloated. Yep. Not that I, I mean, I like everyone in the group. So, I mean, I'm cool with it, but there's not a need to bring Chris Statlander out there when you have Trent and Cassidy and Dan Housen. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I even wrote down at one point, I was like, this is a decent match, but all I can do is stare at Danhausen. Um, for whatever reason, like, his facial expressions and his mannerisms standing on the side of the ring, I could not help but just stare at him the whole time. I was missing half the match. Man, you really missed out. This was a really great match. Yeah. <laughs> um, really loves Regal being on commentary here. Uh, one of my favorite lines... Uh, he asked Excalibur, he said, you, man with the mask, who is this demon? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's Dan Housen, Mr. Regal. Um, love the love the presentation. Love, I just love William Regal. Mr. Yeah. Ross, Mr. Shivani, Sunshine. Just ah, He's got such a great presentation to him. So what a, what a gentleman. How can you not like uh, him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But Especially. you know, so you missed half this match. It was a really great match. Um, I actually it was funny because halfway through the match, I wrote down, "Man, this is such a beneficial match for Wheeler Yuta." Absolutely. Because he's in there. He's in there with Chuck Taylor, Moxley, and Danielson, and he's just like, he was holding his own. I thought it was a really good look for him because this you, you had three very well established vets in the ring, and he he did a really good job. Dude, it was like, towards the end when he started getting pumped up when Danielson was hitting him with the yes kicks to the chest and Danielson was like, show me what you got. He kept getting madder and madder. That was a really good spot right there. I actually really liked that. 
Yeah, I think it's a testament to just how great Brian Danielson is also because, I mean, this guy, like, he's the best in the world. He's the best wrestler in the world. He, you know, he makes himself look like a million bucks and it makes his opponent look fantastic at the same time. It's yeah. win or lose, you know, the guy's just, the guy's just money. Yeah, that was really good. Um, Unfortunately for Wheeler, right after the crowd finished chanting, um, Utah, Utah, I believe that's what they were saying, right? Yes. Um, just seconds after they stopped their chant, Danielson decided to, uh, stomp his head in. Um, and then he handed him over to Mox to, uh, finish him off with that bulldog choke. That choke is nasty, dude. If you actually put somebody in that in real life, man, that thing's nasty. Absolutely. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, so when he rolled out of the ring, uh, I saw Regal getting into the ring and I was like, it's about to happen. And then he rolled out of the ring, so I kind of felt like disappointed, like, oh, he's not going to do it. But they did it even better than I thought they would have. They had him walk off with the best friends at first, and then halfway up the ramp, Wheeler turned around and walked back to the ring. What did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was great. I I don't know if it's going to go the way you think it is. I no, mean, I it might I, still. No, yeah. Um. But no, I thought it was great. I think Yuta sees William Regal for what he is, which I think it's very, it's a very great idea, even though we're in AEW and not the Fed anymore. I think William Regal has every right to still have this reputation of a guy that takes younger guys and crafts them into better pro wrestlers. He said that, he said that on commentary. William Regal said, you know, I'm here so I can make these young men better professional wrestlers. Yep. That's That's why he's here. Um, so he, you know, he goes to shake William Regal's hand. William Regal responds by slapping him in the face. And then Yuta gets fired up and Yuta gets right back in his face, which is what Regal wants to see from the young wrestlers. Um, again, I thought that this segment was really great for Wheeler Yuta. Um, I, I think he benefited out of everyone here, which again, that that's, that's an important thing about this show. You know, I talked about it like opening the show with your younger stars instead of going with the established vets. And, you know, this is another example of that where it's, you know, Wheeler Yuta, yeah, he was the one that was in the ring when he lost and he tapped out. But, I mean, he had a great showcase against Mox and Danielson. He had a strong tag team partner that he held his own, uh, you know, teaming up with. And the whole post match is about him too. So, I mean, I thought that everything was really excellent. Yep, yep. Uh, Rosa's new shirt just dropped, the and new <laughs> Thunder Rosa shirt. That's dope. Um, I don't. I, I'm I'm a little conflicted on this picture they used of Rosa though. So they used her makeup she was wearing tonight, and she's posing with the new belt. So I'm like, so you handed her the belt before the match to take this picture? It's very obvious. <laughs> I mean, you know. It's okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm we're just we're I mean, smart marks, been over you know? for 20 minutes, you know. That's Yeah. It's fine. But they should have took this picture with her all bloody and then put it up there. That would have been Yeah. But it's okay. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Um all right, so next up we had a uh FTR promo. Um they're kind of talking about why they fo- uh fired Tully and uh before long they get interrupted by the Young Bucks there was a little bit of a Bret Hart tease from Matt Jackson. Um, and then Matt says that FTR is just the second best tag team in AEW before leaving. That was pretty much all we got from this, but it looks 
that and this is why i think we're gonna see ftr kind of jump in place with hangman and why the uh the dark order is going to get pushed to the side again i i just see it happening yeah. where you know i i could see on rampage there being some sort of segment where the bucks are like adam cole you know you guys the red dragon you know you guys were able to beat hangman but we could beat hangman way faster you know why don't we do this again and hangman you could pick another team to team up with you um or maybe hangman demands a rematch it could go either way and i could see it being like well the, you know this time adam cole picks the bucks and dark water's like all right let's get in the ring with them who are you picking hangman clearly you're not going to pick jurassic express twice and then he's like oh yeah ftr really wants to get in the ring with the bucks so i chose them yeah i could see it going that way and i hope it does i hope we continue uh to see the dark order do something different we're still working our way down there I actually hope they make the Dark Order uh, disappear for a little while until you know who um, is ready to come in. <laughs> um, and then I think that would be, you know, I, I don't know how I, I want him to debut. I just, if he's going to be with the Dark Order, I'd like them to get shuffled to the back for a while and then, you know, him to debut somehow, some way with them if that's what's going to happen. See, I don't want them to shuffle to the back. I want them to be completely dismantled in every uh, in every way. Oh. Well, I want to see them be all-time low point. Like all-time low. I want to see I want to see them turn on Hangman. I want to see the Dark Order fracture and splinter off, and I want to see this like the the storyline they were kind of doing last August where it's like, "Oh, is the Dark Order breaking up?" and then they didn't. You know, I'd like to see that kind of revisited and, you know, let's, again, let's let's really drive it in. Not that they're fighting, but like, you know, let's say Reynolds and Ten and, I don't know, one of the other guys are just like, yeah, you know what, fuck this. You know, Dark Order's dead. And it just like, Uno's just still trying to get everything together. And I would like to see the Dark Order get to a really bad spot. Because you have to get to a bad spot to, if, if Wyndham yeah. is the guy. For the Dark Order, you're yeah, gonna have sense. to make a you're yeah. you're gonna have to make a complete change in the Dark Order. It's not gonna be like, oh, we're still gonna be fun and and faces like, like no, it's I don't I don't see it working that way. I think I think you have to completely refresh the entire stable. You have to change the mindset completely, and to do that, you gotta break it all down. Yeah, I, I agree. I already see a couple of guys looking like they're gonna fracture off. Um, definitely Alex Reynolds seems like he might be out soon. The only thing, the other guy that I, I see is 10 looks like he's on his way out, but I don't see them getting him out of there because of his relationship with negative one. You know what I mean? And well, so this leads me to my other point of the dark order. You know, when this happens, negative one's got to stop coming out. Like, yeah. I get it. Like it sucks. It really sucks. But like. You can't have, I mean, like, you can have negative one show up every once in a while. You know, Wyndham can still covet him. But, I mean, and again, this is just complete fancy booking about Wyndham. You know, who knows? Maybe Wyndham doesn't come. Maybe Wyndham goes to Impact. I don't know. But, you know, let's, you know, look at it logically about what would be best for Dark Order. I think it would be that. Um, but, I mean, for that to happen, I mean, yeah, negative one would have to kind of take a backseat. It doesn't mean that negative one can't go to the shows and negative one can't come out with Ty Conti and, you know, stuff like that. It's just, yeah, you're I mean, right, you're right. Again, the Dark Order have kind of, they've gotten stale. We talk about this a lot, where it's just like, 
right now they're kind of just a goofy baby face faction who follows the whims of a 12 year old yeah or 11 year old <laughs> and again like i don't i don't want to be that guy because again like i think everything that tony khan and aw has done for the huber family is fucking incredible you know and that doesn't mean that this stops here. I mean, we've already Tony Khan's already said that Brody Jr. has a contract waiting for him when he's old enough. I just, true, true. you know, I think I think it's time just for you know maybe a year or two. Let's let's just keep him off, keep him away from him. You know, you can still do something with negative one. You can still have him come out with someone else. I'm mean, like, there's put him with another baby face. Like I know it's weird, but like like I just think there's a lot of things you could do to keep negative one involved you know if that's what he wants to do if that's what his family if that's just the direction he could do it just i don't i don't know i think he dark order's got to change it just has to change yeah i know what you mean um but we're getting a little off track let's get back on track with the next segment which was a segment with the acclaimed so we have max caster and anthony bowens talking trash about how they're gonna beat the crap out of keith lee on rampage ricky starks interrupts starts telling him that he has to do his job and stop um stop these new guys from coming in and taking their spots yeah uh, swerve strickland interrupts him and says you know well, you got something to say about guys coming in here like what's your problem um again i thought this was a really cool segment a lot of great talkers in this segment which always leads to fun promos um <laughs> so swerve leaves and Max Caster jumps back in to Starks. And he's like, "Ain't that guy a rapper?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I uh, I really enjoyed that one there because Swerve is also a rapper. Yeah, and I don't know if you caught this, and I don't know if you know the rap game very much, but um, Max Caster said, "I'm a no limit soldier," and that's like literally what people who were signed to the company No Limit. It's a record label, and it's a big time rap record label. Um, mm-hmm. That's what they call themselves is No Limit Soldiers. So I'm wondering if he got signed to them or something. I, I haven't looked it up or anything. Hmm. I feel like they would have announced it if he was. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe he's just saying stuff. You know, he does yeah, that that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, that, that's why I'm like, oh, that's not a great idea to say that if it's a copyrighted thing, because it might be, but they probably checked. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be okay. Um, Next up, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society commencement. Uh, I thought this was great. So I think the really, it's really funny. Uh, this get the gimmick of this group is like probably the most on the nose gimmick in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, where it's just like this gimmick, like the the gimmick of this stable is literally we kiss Jericho's ass. Um, <laughs> I think. Like in wrestling, you know, there's always like factions and there's always a top guy in the faction where the rest of the faction kind of helps him. But never has it been so like on the nose where it's like, yeah, our job, the reason we're here is literally just to kiss Chris Jericho's ass. (laughs) And I just I thought that was great. I thought that this was a really good segment with some really um, some real digs that I felt like. Um. Some obvious, more obvious than others. Right off the bat, Chris Jericho made a point that was one of the best things I have ever heard him say in his entire career. And he said, the earth has been here for 4 billion years. 
and you all speaking to us, the fans, you all are alive during the era of Jericho. And he's like, do you know how lucky that is? And I was instantly, I, I said to myself, I was like, my God, he's so right. I was like, do you know how lucky we are to be alive during these years of Chris Jericho in wrestling when there's been 4 billion years of this earth existing? I would argue <laughs> pro wrestling in general. I mean, it would I would have never been a pro wrestling fan in the carny days. Oh, <laughs> like, man. You know, it wouldn't have been my thing at all. Watching two guys grapple for three hours in the rain? Like, no thanks. Right. Um, but so... Yeah, I thought this was a really great. Uh, the one thing I liked is he talked about, you know, how he built AEW with, you know, without him, AEW doesn't exist for th- the first three months. Put the company on his back. <laughs> he says, "I read, I read what you write about me online. It's very hurtful." <laughs> uh, um, he says, you know, the AEW roster. The thing that sets us apart from them is they are pro wrestlers. I am not a pro wrestler. I am a sports entertainer. Instant mega heel. Yep. Um, and then we get Daniel Garcia, which you know he, man, he got a little moment there, and I thought he killed it. He's like, you know, I'm Daniel Garcia, and I am a sports entertainer. Um, I didn't like him saying it; it hurt my soul. That's the point of it, though. I know, I know, I know. That's the whole reason they did it. Um, and did yeah, you see, just... did you see his tweet? He said, I heard you all begging me to uh, join the best wrestler in the world because everybody was telling him to join Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I did. Chris Jericho. Because, <laughs> you know, they're kissing his ass. <laughs> right. Well, I also thought that was kind of a little swerve there where they thought where, again, they teased you to. I think Tony Khan writes these things because he knows what the fans talk about. He listens to them. And I think he knew that people were calling for Garcia to kind of join them. Yeah. And and like there was clearly a swerve there where he's like, listen, you you saying that you think he's going to be like, well, this I'm, I've had it with this. I'm done. But no, he does, he goes completely in with it. Um, Jericho refers. Did you did you pick up the line about uh, Jericho talking about Kevin Owens? I don't know. Did I don't think so. No. OK, so Jericho's talking about his history with the guys in the ring. He talks about uh, Daniel Garcia and how. Garcia was in a car crash when he was wrestling the Indies. and Okay, Jericho. yeah, I remember that. Okay, so after that, he talks about 2.0, which, first of all, great line that he called back to the great line where he said that 2.0 was a stupid name from bad creative um, that you will never hear again. He yep. says, my former best friend, Kevin, called me and said, hey, these two guys lost their job. Can you oh, help them out? Wow. I, I loved it. Um, and then they announced that Matt and Jeff Parker are going to go go by their real names, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Yeah, that hurt me there. Um, are those their actual real names, or are those made-up names? I, I haven't had time to research it, but part of me thinks yes. Part of Ugh. me thinks yes. That is what I thought immediately. What I thought was they used a name generator for them. Because that's what everybody's making fun of NXT for every time someone gets moved up or they come up with a new name. It's like someone put into a random name generator. Uh, well, like, so I I also thought that this could have been potentially, whether it's their real names or not, I felt like this was kind of a dig at at the Fed also. Almost, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm getting to. Yep. 
Yeah, I, that's kind of how I also interpreted it. I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, is that a dig at the Fed? Which, I mean, again, it's it, if it's their real names, I mean, maybe it's not. But, I mean, WWE has a really bad history of taking guys with good names and butchering them, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's exactly. I think the whole point of this entire group is a dig at WWE. Like, the whole idea. <laughs> yeah. I know it was, uh, but no, no, well, yeah, absolutely. The whole faction, you know, yeah. they say, you know, we're, we're not wrestlers. We're sports entertainers. We beat up pro wrestlers. That was the line that they said doing this. Yeah. And I was going to get to that because Hager said it. It didn't feel right coming from Hager because he's a freaking MMA guy. Well, no, because the MMA and pro wrestling isn't the same thing. I know. Um, so like I loved this, but I also hated it, which means it's really good heels. <laughs> That's funny. It's really I, good heel work. I literally like, wrote I'm that. Like, I was like, I love this and hate this. <laughs> like I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I really hate these guys right now because they're really, they're really hitting that, they're hitting that nerve. Which that's the point of it. That's why you know Dan Lambert is great. Everybody fucking hates Dan Lambert. Well, guess what? That's the point of it. Um, I think that one of the worst aspects of you know, our section of the wrestling fandom, which is really pretty much anyone outside WWE is we don't always hate the heels. We don't always love the baby faces. Um, so they kind of have to do, they kind of have to figure out the audience and it's, it's really smart. It's really innovative stuff where they know that the AW fan base does not like the term sports entertainment. I do not like the term sports entertainment. Maybe you know, right. for me, that's, that's a cheap way that Vince McMahon does to avoid paying more taxes which yeah tax evasion is not really cool brother um i'll tell you so, Jer- jericho knows how to push the buttons that's all i can say he knows where they're all at and he knows how to push them <laughs> yeah excellent you know it was it was really good but really bad so i mean we'll see where this goes i see it's funny that danielson and mox are heel. well i mean danielson's a heel but it's funny because i totally see this ending up being like a pro wrestler versus sports entertainer feud where it's like, you know what I mean? Like Danielson and Mox versus the JAS and maybe yeah. Yuta jumps in there too. Like, that's just where I feel like this has to be going. I mean, you have one faction where it's like, we're pro wrestlers and we're going to be the best pro wrestlers we can be. And then you have uh, the JAS, which is like, we're sports entertainers. Fuck this pro wrestling crap. <laughs> it's like, clearly we're leading up to something. I, I Like, they have to be. Yeah, it's got to be. Maybe maybe a stadium stampede. Ooh. I would like that. I don't think Brian Danielson would like being a part of stadium stampede, but I would like a stadium stampede with those guys. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. All right. So All next right. up we had the TNT championship match for uh Wardlow versus Scorpio sky. Um, I have to admit of all the ways that I thought this was gonna go. Even though it is the direction I thought it was going to go, it definitely didn't happen the way that I thought it would. Um, you know, I didn't think they would just go with a MJF shoves him into the pole, you know? Um, no, I mean, I thought this wasn't exactly like it was going to go. I mean, they're not going to not have the match. Again, that's not Tony Khan's style. He's not going to... He's Very rarely is he going to advertise something and not follow through with it. So, you know, he advertised the match. We got the match. Um. 
yeah, I mean, I thought this went just, just kind of how I thought it was going to go. I love the imagery of Sean Spears kind of dragging the two chairs down the ring when he comes out. Yes. Um, MJF comes through the crowd, attacks Wardlow, pushes him into the uh, turnbuckle post, steel post. Scorpio rolls him up and wins. Uh, I thought this was a really good match. Absolutely. Um, after the match, America's top team and, and Spears attack uh, Wardlow. Wardlow almost gets his hands on MJF, but a chair shot from Spears stops that. Um, MJF, MJF paid off Dan Lambert, showing that this whole oh. thing was a setup from the beginning, yep. which, love that. Big old stack of um, cash. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was a great uh, it was a great little interaction between Lambert and MJF. Now, this did involve the only part of the night that I um, had any problems with, and it's Paige Van Zant's husband. Um, I don't like him. He should go away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the American Top Team thing where it's yeah. like they always have guys from that stable there. Um, it doesn't bother me too much as long as the interruption or the um, interference is to a minimum, which it was. I don't think it was too much. Yeah. So, I mean, I was fine with it. It didn't. It didn't really bother me. It again. It's not like they're doing really screwy finishes where, you know, these guys are getting in the ring and all that. Like, no, it's just some typical heel shit, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this guy, uh, his name is Austin Vandergord or something like that, I believe. Um, I'm I'm hoping that they haven't like signed him like they've signed Paige Van Zant. You know, I'm just hoping he is part of that American Top Team, like you were saying. But uh, yeah, MJF handed Lambert that big old stack of cash and said thank you very much, and uh, that was that, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, so. AEW needs to get some buzz on them. So, I mean, it makes sense for these top team guys to show up. I mean, they they have people outside of wrestling, you know? Yeah. It's the same thing like where Brock Lesnar is a big draw for WWE. You know, at this point, they, they've made him that. But, I mean, when he left and came back in 2012, it was a lot of buzz because there were people outside. He was, at, he was from outside of wrestling. I had a friend who, back in 2012, when Lesnar came back, he hated pro wrestling in WWE, you know, but he wanted to, and I'm saying like, even when WWE was good, he hated WWE. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he was just like, Oh man, this Brock Lesnar guy, I want to see him. And he came over and watched the pay-per-view at my house. Then like, he hated it because he hates pro wrestling and and <laughs> sports entertainment. But you know, he was just like, Oh, you know, whatever, but it got eyes on the product, which is the whole point of a lot of these, these things. Um, yeah. So I'm all for the top team guys, as long as they come in and do their part. That's all I ask. If you come in and you do your part, you have your little spot on the show, you know, you get some people to come in, you know, it, it's not like he's getting like a marquee match at the biggest show of the year. You oh, know what no. I mean? <laughs> God, what, what, what would be this point of that? No, that's yeah. <laughs> it's not like he was uh, almost going to go for the intercontinental title or something, you know? Yeah. But, Yep. So uh, that was just a uh, overall. That was a good way to uh, keep the title on Scorpio Sky, even after he took what three or four power bombs. Almost took one on the outside. That would have been nasty if he took that one on the outside. Yeah. But, but uh, so Scorpio Sky will not be a transitional champion. No, absolutely not. Yes, he, which he should not be. No, no. He's. I hope he keeps that for a while. Uh, next up was uh, what we all did not expect tonight. Um, announced right before Dynamite started, 
a Hardy Boys versus Private Party match. And uh, this leads me back to remember when I said that the Hardy Boys were supposed to have a match somewhere in the Indies? And I said, how's Tony going to let that happen before on, you know, AEW? And sure enough, here we are with a surprise match. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to kind of circle back a little bit. We you did skip over the Jade Cargill promo. Oh, I did. Uh, I did. I didn't even write that down. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, so she continues to hype challenger number 30. Uh, really had a good interaction between Jade and Mark Sterling. Um, I think that Jade was really intense in this promo. And again, I think it mends, meshes really well with Sterling, who Sterling's trying to be funny and silly because, you know, he's managing the top female, you know, one of the top female wrestlers in the business. So he, he has every right to act the way he's acting. And she's just like, I've had it with this shit. Like, no, like number 30 better step up. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. But we have, they haven't Mark, announced who number 30 is yet. Right. No, but I think it's Athena. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right that they're going to give us somebody big because uh, they're not saying it. Usually they tell us who she's facing. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, we're going on a few weeks now for hyping it up. So you have to think it's going to be something with some payoff. Yeah. And they had a pretty, pretty fiery Twitter spat as well. <laughs> right. Um, but back to the Hardys, which I understand you being excited to talk about the Hardys because this was fucking awesome. Yeah, this match was so good. Oh, my God. So there was a huge pop for Jeff and for the Hardys in general. Um, it felt so good to see the Hardys kind of doing their thing again. Um, it, it, it was funny because it kind of made me think of like, I don't know, just like it's just great to see these wrestling acts like it be preserved and just see the Hardys kind of out there doing their doing their thing. It's like having like your favorite band that you love for years. You go and see them and they play like one of your favorite songs. Like it was just, it, it, it felt very wholesome, felt good for the soul, if that makes sense. Yeah. From the moment Jeff got in the ring the first time, his first spot was awesome. I mean, where him and Matt hit a double, I forget what it's called, but he does like a leg drop and Matt does an elbow drop onto their neck. It was, it was awesome. Um, there was one spot in here that made me write down, oh, my God. Uh, they had the ref distracted, and they both grabbed Matt by a leg and pulled him into the rail. I don't understand yeah. how you do that and not actually destroy somebody's uh, nether regions, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that – I think it probably is like – I don't know. Yeah, it definitely probably hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to justify it, and I don't know if I can. I don't know. There, I mean, you can see the impact. I'm just like, man, I hope maybe they, like, one of the legs gets pulled harder so it hits him in the thigh, but, man, it was convincing. I mean, to be fair, usually when I've never gotten hit at, hit in the balls from below, more from head on. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, for all we know, maybe the balls just kind of, like, I don't want to talk about Matt Hardy's balls in the podcast, but here we are. Uh, maybe they just kind of slam into the ring post. Like they just like kind of bump into the ring post. I don't know. As opposed to them getting crushed into the ring post. So, Oh man. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess this is where we're at with this right now. Um, the, world, the world may never know that. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I, I guess so. Uh, huh. oh, so man. anyway, so Hardy's a super over. Um, Get some brother Nero chance in, which I hope we see the broken parties at some yeah. point. Um, 
I think it was Excalibur uh, mentions that the Hardys have been in over 700 matches together. Say, what was that now? Uh, Excalibur had pointed out that the Hardys have been in over 700 matches together. Wow. Which that's got to be, I I don't know if anyone else tops that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Like together as a tag team, I don't know if many people can top that other. I mean, how about the Young Bucks, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But you'd have to be going all the way into their indies to do it. Um, but I thought this was a really cool match. Um, the Hardy Boys' influence on Private Party very clear. A lot of lot of moves that were very similar. Like I saw the Hardys did uh, a move at one point, and then the Private Party. They you know they kind of did like a really similar tag team move later in the night. And just there was a lot of influence there. You could tell that the Private Party, you know, they, you could tell they were in there with with inspirations for them. Yeah. I was happy oh. for Private Party. This is a big showing for them. They look good. Yeah, man, they held their own against the Hardys. I thought that it was thought it was a really good match, and the Hardys definitely didn't carry them through it. Like it's Private Party's a really good tag team, and I know that they've kind of been bogged down with the AFO storyline and the HFO storyline, but you know when it comes down to it, they're a very good tag team. Yeah. And like, was that the hottest hot tag in AEW history? Oh my god, man! That crowd went ballistic for the. It was the the second hot tag, right? Yeah, the like second one. The end of the match. Towards the end of the match. Yeah. yeah. What did he? Um, they hit a double swanton bomb or a double uh, twist of fate. Yeah, so it was a really cool spot where Jeff went for the twist of fate, and then Cassidy countered it and they went for the twist of fate. Jeff countered it, pushed him off the ring. They tried to do silly string. Um, and then it ended up with Matt and Jeff both hitting uh, one member of Private Party with their own twist of fate. Jeff hits the Swanton, and the Hardys pick up the win. That Swanton was nasty, man. He crushed Isaiah full force with his body on that one. Yeah, it was. It looked really good. Um, yeah. Afterwards, yeah. the Andrade family office comes out. Um, they look like they're about to beat down the Hardys, but Sting and Darby make the save. Yes, I I was actually screaming. I was like, come on, Darby. Where's Darby? And then here he came, so that was nice. Yeah, I think we're going to get a really cool eight-man tag pairing here with the Hardy, Sting, and Darby. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that's going to be really awesome. I could see that happening like on a rampage or something. Who do you think? Would it be Andrade or would it be the Butcher and the Blade? No, I think it would be the Butcher, the Blade, and Private Party probably. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Andrade just on the outside. Which I'm wondering where Andrade is going to come into this. I guess it's going to be against Darby. Or yeah. would it be against... Do you think Matt Hardy would do a match with, with Andrade? Why not? I guess so. I'm I'm just trying to figure out what where like the payoff of this feud is. Because there's a lot of moving parts here that you could do a lot of different things. You could do the Hardys versus you know maybe Andrade and maybe Jose. I mean, you could see... Yeah, you could see it be Andrade and another member of the AFO. You could see it be Darby versus Andrade. It could be Matt versus Andrade. I think there's a lot of ways to go with it, which I think that that leads to a good rivalry, a good feud, because there's a lot of options here. You know, I actually think you might have hit the uh, the nail on the head with the the eight man tag, and I think that might be it. You know what I mean? If if Stang and Darby and the Hardys win that, I think it'll be over, and then maybe it'll be the Hardys versus Stang and Darby. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. That and I think that going. when all this is done and over with, we'll probably see Darby versus Jeff Hardy. 
Yes. So, somewhere along, along the lines, we're definitely going to get that. They they definitely want to give us that. Yep. Um, all right. So next up, we get a little promo from Red Velvet. Um, Red Velvet says that she hates what Layla Hirsch has become, and she's going to put a stop to it this Friday on Rampage, which we will talk about Rampage in a little bit. Cool, cool. Um, and so finally, we get to the main event, which we had the AEW Women's Championship match in a steel cage. We had Britt Baker, the champion, defending against Thunder Rosa. It was Thunder Rosa's hometown of San Antonio. Oh, my um, God, that entrance. Entrance was excellent. It was it had a big feel to it. You know, oh. you had the live. Um, I guess it was a mariachi. Mariachi, right? Yeah, it was an all-female mariachi band, so... Uh... I don't know if there's a feminine uh, word for mariachi. It might be mariachi, like you said, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but so, yeah, I, I love Thunder's entrance. You know, it, the the night felt huge for her. Um, it was a real emotional entrance. I mean, like, she wasn't really showing much emotion. Um, she was talking on Busted Open Radio this morning, um, and I listened to that, and she was getting pretty emotional there. So I, I was kind of expecting her to get emotional before the match, but she really uh, she kept her, her cool leading into it um she looked great and it was a great entrance also enjoyed um Britt baker's gear paid homage to scott hall um rest in peace yes um yeah so the match gets underway um thunder rosa starts just really kind of beating the crap out of Britt. uh the intention was clearly to bust Britt baker open at the beginning of the match yeah um a lot of bees there. <laughs> that's that was a that was some alliteration right there. Man, um, the first time she smashed Britt's face into the cage, like, oh, even I, I was like, damn, dude, that had to hurt. <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a spot, and you could tell that she was supposed to get busted open there, but it just wasn't to everybody's liking because clearly, right after that, the refs trying to help her. Thunder Rosa starts. Doing very like she starts beating her in the head, which you could yeah. tell very specifically. She was trying to bust it open more. Starts, you know, sm- smearing her face across the cage. Um, eventually, they kind of get back on track, and you know, Britt's busted open pretty well. Um, and then we go to a commercial break, and I wish I had watched this picture in picture because we come back and Thunder Rosa is busted open. Yeah, I mean, I was watching it. Um... And I didn't catch where she got busted open. I'm assuming it was her spot where uh, Britt just kind of threw her face first into the steel cage. You know what I mean? I'm assuming that's where it happened, but I could be wrong. Yeah, so we had some good back and forth here. Um, Eventually, Paul Turner, RIP, he gets super kicked (laughs) by Britt. And then Britt gets thrown into him by Thunder Rosa. And he is dead. Yeah, he he went over the ropes and took a pretty uh, decent spill for a ref. I haven't seen a ref take a spill like that in a while. Yeah. Um, So at this point, Thunder Rosa hits the fire. Thunder Driver goes for the pin, but there's no ref. Could have counted till 10, 20. The crowd did. Um, But there was no ref. Uh, Britt nails Thunder Rosa with a chair at this point. Starts getting some chairs involved. Um, Britt gets a pile of chairs together and hits an avalanche air raid onto the pile of chairs, um, which that looked crazy. That was awesome. Yep. Um, Aubrey Edwards finally gets to the ring, uh, goes for the pin. 
but Thunder Rosa kicks out. Yes. Yes. Um, Britt, at this point, man, Britt Baker decides to build a pyramid of chairs. Now, while she's building this pyramid of chairs, right, I wasn't sure how big she was going to go with it, because at first she sets up the, the, the six chairs on the bottom. And I'm like, okay, this is this is going to be pretty cool. And then she sets up chairs to make a table. And then I was like, is this going to be a, is this a shout out to the podcast? If she puts Thunder Rosa through a (laughs) table made of chairs, but it was not a table of chairs. It was a fucking pyramid of chairs. Um, and we are not, we are not the broken pyramids podcast. So this was not a shout out. (laughs) Um, this, this was a really crazy spot and man, they were up on the turnbuckle. Thunder Rosa smashes Britt's face into the cage, and Britt goes tumbling onto the pyramid. Oh, that was Objects. nasty. They didn't uh, buckle underneath her either. They stood stiff, and she felt every bit of that chair. <laughs> yeah, that spot could have been. No, I think actually the spot could have been a lot worse for her. I, I'm sure it hurt, absolutely. But if the chairs had collapsed and she had fallen into the pyramid of chairs, oof. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a way cooler looking spot, but it would have been a lot more painful most likely yeah, it sucked <laughs> that would have sucked bad. it would have really sucked if those chairs did not hold up um <laughs> but they did and it, it was still a great spot regardless I, I don't want to take away from it It was a fantastic spot yeah um so at this point uh now, real quick uh back to that chair pyramid spot when she was building that pyramid i don't know if you caught it but Clear as day on my screen, I heard Britt yell at Aubrey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I did hear that, yeah. She, she has issues with her, and um, uh, I'm sure we'll see that be a thing moving forward. All the heels ha- hate Aubrey. She's not liked by them. Yeah. So anyway, so after this uh, spot with the Pyramid of Chairs, uh, Thunder Rosa goes for the pin. Britt Baker kicks out. Um. At this point, Britt Baker grabs a sack of thumbtacks, smashes Thunder Rosa in the face with the sack of thumbtacks, and then pours them out onto the canvas. You know my thing about thumbtacks, man. I was like, no, not again. (laughs) Now that I know that that's a thing that you like, it it makes your skin crawl. Like, I actually did think about that. I was like, oh, no, (laughs) Jeff's not going to like this, but I love it. Oh, man. Uh, The Um, spot where... She started smashing Rose's hand, or I mean, uh, Baker's hand into the thumbtacks. That got me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was nasty. Well, they both kind of started smashing their hands into it. Um, yeah. yeah, Rosa got dropped on the tacks once or twice. Um, Britt Baker goes for the lockjaw. Thunder Rosa bites her hand, which, you know, you would think somebody would have tried that, you know, before this point, but here we are. Um, great spot and then like you said they start slamming their hands on the thumbtacks and then they um thunder rosa power bombs Britt baker on the tacks she kicks out they go for a little bit longer and i thought that this was kind of the only spot of the match where i thought it was kind of weird where it was like it felt like they were getting to the end and then all of a sudden they like rolled outside the ring and like they took a few chair shots at each other which yeah. i was like i thought it was weird because like i was like it was like 10 59 or I'm sorry, 9.59, and and I was like, are they going to go late here? Because it's like they just rolled out, like they just broke out of powerbomb on a thumbtack spot and rolled out of the ring, and, you know, they were fighting for a little bit, but then, you know, Rick gets thrown back into the ring, Thunder Rosa hits the uh, fire Thunder Driver onto the thumbtacks for the win. 
which yeah. again it it's not a super big critique i thought i still thought it was a it was awesome but i thought we were they were going to go long i think they actually were about to come up short right there and the ref was like we need another minute <laughs> and so they 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 rolled out for a second they both whacked each other with a chair real quick and then they rolled back in and then did the finish yeah it could make sense um but so yeah we have a new women's champion with thunder rosa being the new champ um excellent match i thought this was i thought this was better than their last match personally um uh, yeah. or not their last well definitely their last match but i meant the lights out match i thought this was better than the lights out match really you like um, this better okay i in terms of an overall match yes um obviously the lights out match has the great imagery from so my thing is is like i thought that 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 imagery of brit with the blood i think that that made that match a lot more memorable i mean it's a that match is fantastic too that I, these are both five star matches in my opinion or like very high fours but i thought i just thought this match was better i just i thought i thought it was a better match all around whereas like i think brit with that imagery like that last match like made her with that image whereas like this was yeah. a really good match by brit in general yep i completely agree i actually thought it was better too i thought people were going to call me crazy so I'm glad you think yeah, so as well. I, I think that if this match, I think this match needed more time. Actually, to be honest, if I had any critique for this match, I would I would have wished that this match had gone on for like 30 minutes instead of 20 minutes. Um, huh. I think this match needed time to breathe. I, I guess that so. Was the yeah, I can see it. That was the, that's just me. I thought again. I thought this was a really good match. I mean, it obviously wasn't like a great, you know technical wrestling match but i i think the story here was pretty was pretty great yeah it was fantastic ending to, or not ending but you know fantastic uh i don't know what, what the word would i'm looking for but culmination to thunder rosa finally obtaining this title um now yeah, correct I, me if i am wrong i do believe this is the first mexican-american woman to be a champion in a major promotion you might be right. I don't know 100% off the top of my head. I mean, thinking back about past women's champions from other promotions, uh, nothing really comes to mind. I could, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, so I don't want to say one way or the other. Yeah, I'm um, not positive. But, I, you know, looking back on it in retrospect, I think that's why I enjoyed this story. So this match so much was the story. I think Thunder Rosa is the top uh, women's wrestler in the world. And she cemented her place at the top of the women's wrestling industry here thought it was a great 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 moment for her excellent moment you know after the match the confetti dustin comes out because dustin has a huge role in training and working with the women's wrestlers um so you know it was really big for him to be there rose is crying you know again it's her hometown like again like i think the emotion of the match is kind of what made the match for me um because like yeah like i said i listened to thunder rosa on busted open before the show and just all around you feel really good for her and i'm really excited to see her start this reign as women's champion and excited to see what Britt does next yeah man um i actually have a feeling thunder rosa is gonna bring in a good audience with this reign i think it's gonna be a really good title reign um i can't wait to see how her reign goes it's gonna be sweet yeah definitely some high expectations here i, I definitely yeah. expect a really really good uh championship reign here yeah, um so that be. was dynamite 
I thought all around, I thought this was a really good show. Um, it's probably one of the more wrestling heavy shows that we've had in a while. We usually have, like, I think the last two months have been very promo heavy shows. Um, whereas the only real big promo segment that we had was the JAS segment. Um, other than that, it was a lot of wrestling, which is nothing wrong with that. Nope, not at all. I was very happy with the amount of wrestling we got. Um, I thought all around this was another great episode. This goes on my list of, uh, you know, 4.5 out of 5 episodes. Nice, nice. Um, all right. We uh, got anything? Uh, what do we got going on for Rampage? What's going on with uh, Rampage this week? All right. So we do have the full Rampage card. Now, we will be doing a live post Rampage podcast. Um, we will also be doing a weekly news roundup after after Rampage. It's going to be late. <laughs> it's going to be very late. Yep. Probably going to be at like 1.30 in the morning, but we will be doing it live, and it will be available uh, where we are available on all of our podcasts. Um, that, that's panels. the episode of Rampage that's not airing till like midnight? Yeah, so this, this Friday's Rampage is airing at 11.30 or when the NBA game ends, which could be later than 11.30. Oh, yeah. um, because of that, in all honesty, I'm not expecting much from this Rampage. We do have the card, though, so let's run through the card. Yeah, let's do um, So first up, we have Darby Allen versus The Butcher. I think this is going to be a good, solid match. Again, I don't think there's going to be a lot of story here. Like, nothing on this card screams story to me. No. Um, it's all ongoing storylines, but I don't see a lot of story movement, like, uh, progression here. Um, so we got Darby Allen versus The Butcher. We have Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet, which out of everything, I think that might have them. Uh, no, actually, Max Caster and Keith Lee, which is the next match we have. Uh, that probably has the most story behind it. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, we have the House of Black versus Fuego and Bear Country. Now, I noticed something the other day, or you know, and maybe you can help me out here. Um, it's been a while since we've seen Fuego too. What do you think is going on with him? <laughs> I mean, we all know Fuego 2 was Cody in disguise, so, you know. What? What? <laughs> not supposed to ruin the illusion, Jesus Christ. I oh. mean, he's got that weird bruise on the side of his neck where Cody's tattoo is. It's just, you know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cody has a tattoo, and Fuego, Do uh, Fuego Dos does not. So, yeah. I think... Keep, keep trying, Jeff. Keep trying. I think he still has the dream tattoo, though. They didn't cover that one up. <laughs> well, everyone, a lot of people have dreams, you know? <laughs> um, but so, I mean, yeah, nothing on this really sticks out as, you know, must-see. And I think that's on purpose. Okay. Um, I think usually for Rampage, we always have, like, that one Dynamite blockbuster. Not Dynamite in terms of AEW, but Dynamite, like, wow, I got to watch Rampage for this match. Um, like maybe Max Caster versus Keith Lee does that for me. And of course, like, of course I really want to see house of black, but I mean, they're facing Fuego del Sol and bear country. So, I mean, I can't see this being a very long outing for the house of black. Um, it's an odd combination. Like what's Fuego doing with air country? What's I think, I think this is just going to be, they needed a six man. They need a three man, a trios that's going to get destroyed. And I think that it's going to be bear country versus and Fuego. Yeah, that's weird. What's up, Jordan? How you doing tonight, man? What's going on, Jordan? Oh, man, Jordan's probably upset about Britt Baker. 
Jordan said he's seen Cody and Fuego 2 on screen together. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, they were during uh, Sammy's vlog. Right, right. Yeah, see, Jeff, this is why I don't understand what you're talking about. Because Fuego 2 and Cody were on Sammy's vlog together. So I'm not really sure where you're getting this from. Um, <laughs> look, man, I know we're doing Code Watch 2022, but, like, I don't think Cody has anything to do with this. This is so, giving me really good ideas right now. I'm just saying. So let's... We need to find Fuego 2. We need to see where he's at, because, like, do you think... Is Fuego 2 under contract? I don't think so. I think he was just brought oh. in as a enhancement. We might need to hit up Fuego Del Sol on Twitter and ask him what's up with Fuego too. Yeah. Cause we gotta I miss that guy. They were they were a great tag team. Yeah, but anyway, poor, so that's Rampage. Uh, we don't have anything announced for Dynamite next week, which is also very odd. Usually we have something to go off of. Uh just a lot like last week. Not a lot announced. Um But I mean we'll see what happens. I mean yeah, yeah, I'm confused at that as well. Normally, now. we have at least half the card already, right? Yeah, it's it's a little weird. Um, part of me wonders if, and we talked about this on the last episode of uh, the podcast, are you concerned maybe that maybe Tony Khan is dealing with ROH now and that's pushing him back a little bit? I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean... ROH has a show coming up, right? April 1st, Supercard of Honor. Yeah, and he said he's taking over the booking of that show, I heard him say. So it is quite possible he's uh, a little busy, or maybe he's just deciding to keep it a little bit more under wraps until the week starts, you know? Perhaps. I mean, there could also be he has some plans that are changing. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, I do know that this week was a testament to the fact that the show remained very good, despite the fact that we went into today not knowing much of the card until today. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's not true. They added things as the week went on. Um, and I'm sure we'll see that again for Wednesday. I'm sure after Rampage, we'll get a bunch of stuff for da- uh, for Dynamite. Um, yeah. But, I mean, overall, yeah, I thought this was a great Dynamite, and Rampage should be decent i mean i don't think that i don't think anything on this card looks bad it's just again i mean for all i know maybe i'm wrong i'm just not expecting much because of the time slot i think this time slot is really going to kill them i think i think rampage is going to do really poorly um in the ratings and the demo unfortunately um that's just kind of the way it is with where they're going to be and i don't know man maybe maybe move move your time slot so you don't got to worry about this I don't know if there's basketball on Saturday nights, though. Is, is there basketball on Saturday nights? It can be any night, really. They they have so many games throughout the year. They could have yeah, a game but usually, usually TNT gets coverage on certain nights. I think it's yeah. like Wednesdays and Fridays and and something else. Crazy. Jordan know. says his but, first I mean, live Ring of Honor show was first Super Card of Honor in 2006. Be like, I am jealous. All I can say. You said you said, you said Jordan said that. Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah, I'm jealous. But a uh, quick question for you. Um, let's go back six months, and let's say I told you that we would be without Kenny Omega, without Cody Rhodes, 
and without the Lucha Brothers, and we are still having the best Dynamites ever, would you believe me? I mean, do you want my honest answer? Yeah. Yes, I do think they would have <laughs> been just fine. I mean, again, this roster is so stacked. I mean, six months ago, I, I had CM Punk and Brian Danielson fresh into the company. You know, like they could have gotten rid of the whole roster and thrown a bunch of brooms in there for them to wrestle, and I would have been fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's just a testament to the company and how great the company is and how on a roll they are, you know? Like, like again, WWE can't even fill their WrestleMania roster with their guys. They need Johnny Knoxville and Logan Paul, and they need Steve Austin, who hasn't wrestled in 20 years, to come out and wrestle, you know? Like, that's their WrestleMania card. And that's sad. Dude, I heard... Whereas, like, I heard Logan here Paul. AW and like we can't even get everybody on TV. Like I wish, I wish we could utilize elevation more. Yeah. Like, because we got to get more people on TV. We just have to. We got to find a way. Like, it's a great problem to have. And you know, again, trim, trim the, you know, trim the fat. Keep the roster lean. You know, you're, you're constantly working on improving the roster. The roster will always be at its best. Um. And, you know, sometimes guys like Joey Janela, like, they're going to be out. But, I mean, that's that's just the nature of what AEW is going to be. You know, he can't, he can't, he can't keep everybody. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So the more big guys, like, top guys he brings in, you know, it, it definitely does become an environment where you need to, you need to perform or you're going to go. You got to get over. And, like, it sucks, but at the same time, it's great for the fans and, you know, I don't think Tony Khan does anything crappy about it. You know, he still pays everyone. He doesn't like just release wrestlers. He doesn't, you know, he pays yeah. them for their full contract. We haven't seen Joey Janela on AEW for like four months, but yep. he's still getting paid. Yeah. Up until May 1st. And he's allowed to work indie dates too. So, yeah. And his only complaint is that um, they don't kind of like inform you, hey, we're not going to be renewing your contract. And it's like, dude, go ask. If you're six months away, go go talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Christopher Daniels is there, but him and Christopher Daniels have a thing, I guess, where they don't like each other. So that's probably what happened. <laughs> um. Well, so my I actually think that and I thought I saw you get into a Twitter discussion with someone today about this. I actually am of the opinion that it should definitely be AEW's job to address whether they're signing them or not. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, I think that that is a job for talent relations. I think that that is something, you know, that the, the name of the job is talent relations. It's you're supposed to be the bridge between Tony Khan and the company and you, the talent. Um, so if they weren't going to resign Joey Janela, I think that they should have, you know, maybe like five or six months out, you know, for Janela, that would have been in December. They should have been like, hey, listen. You got six months left with us. We are not going to be renewing your contract. This doesn't mean that, you know, we dislike you. You're just not, you're just not what we're looking for right now. You know, we'll keep in touch. You know, if you're looking forward to working, you know, if you want to work with us again in the future, we can do that, which I mean, don't be surprised if that type of thing happens because again, I'm still hoping that we see more of a, more uh, spots to fill for AW talent, whether that be increasing rampage or, utilizing ring of honor and the way that dark is utilized that way dark can be utilized differently or or something like that um we do have i do have some news for 
the next episode of the show that I'll get into a little bit of ROH news, a little bit of AW news, roster news, stuff like that. Um, but I will hold on to that because next episode is going to be kind of our weekly news roundup. Um, we'll talk more about that then. Um, but yeah. for now, great, great night of wrestling. Looking forward to doing another uh, another show on Friday. Absolutely. Uh, real quick before we go here. Um, so Nyla Rose actually just um, confirmed what uh, I had said, but she specified. So Thunder Rosa is the first Mexican-born women's champion ever in a major American company. Um, there was Melina in the WWE, but she is an American-born Mexican. So, mm. so Thunder Rosa is the first Mexican woman born actually in Mexico to hold a major championship. There you go. Congratulations imagine, to her. Now, Jeff, imagine yourself being someone who would say that AEW does not have um, enough diversity. <laughs> could you imagine being that person? Uh, could you imagine just being like two weeks too early on saying that and ruining your career? <laughs> what a dummy. What, a, <laughs> what, a what dumb I don't even. I blocked her on Twitter. I don't even want to deal with. I don't even want oh, to talk. Dude. You sent me like a tweet that she said. And I was like, I'm not even looking at this that you sent me. I didn't even. Oh look no, at it. you had to see it because I think it was Sean Ross Sapp or somebody totally dunked on her ass hard. It was great. Oh, I'll have to look at it. <laughs> it was I, great. I, I saw the name and I was like, I don't want to look at this. Oh yeah, you definitely want to look at it. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for tonight, sir. Um, I will see you on uh, Friday night for some Rampage. Um, until then, you have a great night, sir. And you do the same. Thank you, man. Everybody else, thank you very much for joining us. Jordan, as always, thank you for being here. It definitely helps. Uh, please hit that like button if you have not already. That helps us as well get the stream out there. And if you guys have not seen the Broken Table of the Week last week from Sammy, that video is blowing up. Uh, go give it a go check it out. So. Everybody have a good night. Peace.